A warning to our listeners. This episode contains descriptions of child abuse and deadly scientific experiments. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. In 1974, a gifted electrical engineer named Preston Nichols discovered a strange phenomenon. He claimed to be researching mental telepathy by working with a group of psychics, and at the exact same time every day, the psychics' minds would just go blank. Nichols was determined to find out why. So the next time the psychics mysteriously jammed up, he took out his radio equipment And sure enough, he spotted a powerful frequency blasting through the airwaves. The signal, whatever it was, disrupted the psychic's minds and his research. Nichols decided to investigate. He grabbed his radio receiver, which picked up the sound of very high-frequency radio waves. Then, he jerry-rigged a TV antenna to the roof of his car and took off down the road, looking for the source of the signal. Nichols sped down the coast, his receiver leading him like a tuning fork. The journey took him to Montauk State Park, a sprawling land of forest and beaches on the very easternmost tip of Long Island. The signal was coming from the Montauk Air Force Base, where a radar tower loomed over the tree line, giant, imposing, a ghost of the Cold War. What was going on at this highly secretive military compound? The answer would change his life forever. Welcome to Conspiracy Theories, a ParCast original. Every Monday and Wednesday, We dig into the complicated stories behind the world's most controversial events and search for the truth. I'm Carter Roy. And I'm Molly Brandenburg. And neither of us are conspiracy theorists. But we are open-minded, skeptical, and curious. Don't get us wrong. Sometimes the official version is the truth. But sometimes it's not. You can find episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other ParCast Originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Conspiracy Theories for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Conspiracy Theories in the search bar. This is our first episode on the Montauk Project, a secret U.S. government operation that supposedly used a radar system equipped with special technology to study mind control and time travel. Scientists allegedly experimented on children inside a network of underground tunnels where no one would hear their screams. This episode will detail the secretive military history of Montauk State Park. We'll also discuss the strange technology that may have created a terrifying monster. Finally, we'll dive into the painful testimony from an alleged former Montauk boy who was tortured in the name of science. Next time, we'll explore a few conspiracy theories about the Montauk Project, including one that suggests aliens provided the technology that made the research possible. We'll also dive into the claims that Montauk was a continuation of Project MKUltra, a declassified CIA mind control program, and that Montauk's experiments 
turn children into a secret army of brainwashed soldiers. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Going for your first ever run around the park. Literally running errands all over town. Running for the finish line and your personal best. If you run, you're a runner. Find the shoes and clothes to run your way at newbalance.com slash running. New Balance. Run your way. With its sprawling coastline less than three hours from New York City, Montauk, New York is a popular tourist destination on Long Island. At the very end of the peninsula sits the picturesque Montauk Point Lighthouse, commissioned by George Washington in 1792. But travel a mile into the forest and you'll find an eerie decommissioned military base. Above it looms a rusted relic from the Cold War, It's a giant radar system, nearly 30 yards tall. The base is plastered with signs that say, no trespassing, danger, and do not enter. Security patrols the area, and if they catch you on the premises, they won't hesitate to lock you away. Quite a bit of secrecy for a state park. The station has a storied history. Defending New York from a Nazi invasion, detecting Russian bombers during the Cold War, and an unconfirmed conspiracy, conducting mind control experiments. It's no wonder that the popular Netflix show Stranger Things was originally titled Montauk. Before we dive into the project itself, let's examine why this tiny plot of land is one of the most mysterious parts of the United States. According to one legend, When European settlers first reached Long Island in the early 1600s, a local Algonquin tribe, the Montauk, greeted them. Conspiracist John A. Quinn claimed that the Montauk people were a special tribe designated to guard a very powerful part of the island. Quinn wrote that the tribe believed that Turtle Cove, the beach that is currently home to the Montauk Point Lighthouse, was a vortex of interdimensional energy. Like a bubbling volcano, this portal leaked power from other worlds. Centuries later, during World War II, the U.S. Navy set up a base on Turtle Cove. They renamed it Camp Hero and erected a coastal defense station perfectly situated to protect New York City from a Nazi U-boat invasion. Then, in 1947, the Cold War began. The U.S. military no longer needed to sink U-boats. Now, they worried about Soviet missiles, and Camp Hero got a new name, the Montauk Air Force Station. In 1960, the Air Force installed a high-powered antenna, 
the ANFPS-35 radar that still looms over Montauk today. It was part of the larger radar system connected to an early computer network that scanned the airspace over the United States. And it was powerful enough to give cities a warning before a Soviet aircraft reached American shores. Only 12 radars of this type were built in the U.S. All of them have been dismantled, except for the one at Montauk. The base closed down on January 31st, 1981, at least officially. Then three more years passed before the military finally handed the land over to the state of New York. For a closed base, security at Montauk is reportedly still tight today. It's totally locked down, meaning it's impossible to deduce its official purpose. Instead, we'd need to look at unverified testimonies to get a sense of what the base was really used for. Electromagnetic engineer Preston Nichols was an authority on Montauk Project conspiracy theories. In his book, The Montauk Project Experiments in Time, Nichols said that in 1984, he explored the abandoned property. Debris and equipment were strewn everywhere, as if everyone had left in a hurry. He claimed he came upon a homeless man who sputtered what, at first, sounded like nonsense. The man said he used to work on the base until a huge beast supposedly tore through the complex. And most alarming of all, the man said that Nichols had once worked there too. Nichols, of course, had no recollection of having ever worked at the base himself. He later wrote, This was just the beginning of my discovery that the Montauk project was real. Just to be clear, there's no evidence that confirms Nichols' stories, and we can assume that the government denies all his claims. Even Peter Moon, who helped Nichols write his book, said that you can take his book as fact or as science fiction. Nichols was a strange character. Allegedly, he first appeared on the conspiracy theory scene in a 1988 underground video. In a more recent appearance in the History Channel documentary, The Dark Files, Nichols sat in a big recliner and gave a speech about Montauk while wearing sunglasses, like some sort of mad scientist. He used technical jargon, making him sound quite knowledgeable. He also claimed to have an engineering degree from University of Tampa, but there's zero record of that. That said, rumors about the Erie Air Force Base have circulated as far back as the 1970s, long before Nichols' book or video ever came out. So while we could dismiss him entirely, we'll keep an open mind, examine his claims, and come to our own conclusions. According to Nichols, in 1984, a psychic named Duncan Cameron began working with him on his telepathy research. Cameron was exceptionally gifted, and Nichols invited him to visit the abandoned Montauk Air Force Station with him. Cameron had never been there before, but according to Nichols, he knew the place like the back of his hand. Cameron recalled strange details, like where to find the bulletin board in the mess hall. And once he and Nichols entered the transmitter room, Cameron fell into a trance. In Nichols' words, Cameron began spitting out information about secret experiments he'd been involved with, 
right there at the base. It was as if something had been blocking his memories, and now it all came flooding back. But Cameron didn't know the whole story, even with his recovered memories. If Nichols was going to get answers, his own current workplace was a good place to start. Nichols never said why he assumed his job was related to Montauk, but he just so happened to work for a well-known defense contractor on Long Island. In his book, he called the employer BJM, a pseudonym. However, there are a number of similarities between the so-called BJM and the Real Life Airborne Instruments Laboratory, or AIL. Like BJM, AIL is a military defense contractor based in Long Island. Another clue lays in the initials. Take A, move one letter down the alphabet, and you get B. I, one letter down is J, L, do the same thing, and you get BJM. Based on this, Nichols was pretty clearly alluding to AIL. On the other hand, we couldn't find any record that Nichols ever worked at AIL. He may have lied, but with the pseudonym, he had plausible deniability. No one could ever fact-check him. Either way, Nichols claimed he began to notice strange things around BJM following his tour of the base with Cameron. He was only an engineer, but he received the sort of mail an executive might get. People he didn't know seemed to recognize him, and he was invited to conferences well above his pay grade. Strangest of all, one time, the back of his hand became suddenly sore. When Nichols looked down, he saw a Band-Aid covering the spot, but he couldn't remember ever applying it. Then one day, Nichols had what he called an intuitive urge to explore the BJM grounds. He said he spotted a building with unusually tight security. Nichols didn't have authorization to enter it, but he figured he'd give it a shot. To his surprise, the security guard allowed him through. The guard even handed him a new badge with high-level security clearance. Nichols later explained, I had a hunch and it worked. He walked through the underground complex like he knew where he was going. He said he let the turning in his gut determine his direction, and eventually he came to an office door and opened it. The room was stylish. Nichols walked inside and saw a nameplate at the edge of the desk. Curious, he took a few steps closer. He read the name, Preston B. Nichols, Assistant Project Director. According to Nichols, this was the moment his repressed memories trickled in. He realized he'd somehow been living an alternate life, existing in two realities simultaneously. One, an engineer at BJM. Another, a project director for a twisted science experiment. The Montauk Project. Coming up, what Nichols remembered. Before we get back to the show, I want to introduce a new Spotify original from Parcast called Incredible Feats. It's a short daily podcast hosted by comedian Dan Cummins. 
Every weekday, Dan explores an account of physical strength, mental focus, or bizarre behavior that's sure to leave at least some of you in pure disbelief. But there's no question these unbelievable stories are all true. Like the 350-mile nonstop run of Dean Carnassus back in 2005, and Jose Salvador Alvarenga's extraordinary tale of survival at sea. And let's not forget Annie Edson Taylor, the first person to go over the Niagara Falls in a barrel. Incredible Feats covers people and events that pushed boundaries, broke records, and revealed new sources of awe. It's offbeat entertainment that will send your mind reeling, so don't miss out. Follow Incredible Feats free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to the story. In 1984, Preston Nichols and his psychic colleague, Duncan Cameron, uncovered memories of a sordid experiment. None of Nichols' claims have been verified outside of his circle, so it's important to take them with a grain of salt while reviewing his story. Nichols didn't explain how, but he somehow managed to deprogram his and Cameron's minds. And in 1990, all their key memories about the Montauk Project returned. Cameron also claimed he had been part of the Philadelphia Experiment in 1943. Conspiracy theories about the unconfirmed Philadelphia Experiment first appeared in the 1950s. According to these stories, during World War II, the U.S. military attempted to develop cloaking technology that could hide a battleship called the USS Eldridge from enemy radar. Unfortunately, the experiment went horribly wrong. The USS Eldridge disappeared entirely, teleporting the entire crew miles away. When the ship returned, the men on board were in bad shape. Their limbs had fused with the ship. Their minds were erased. According to ex-naval officer Al Balick, he and his brother escaped this gruesome fate. Just before the ship vanished, they jumped into the ocean. Unfortunately, they experienced something even stranger than teleportation. Balick claims he and his brother launched through a wormhole that sent them not only through space, but through time. They were spit out exactly 40 years later in 1983 Montauk. And Duncan Cameron remembered that day because he was Al Balick's brother. The two men returned to their own time and reported what had happened. Their tale of teleportation and time travel allegedly intrigued researchers at the Brookhaven National Laboratory in Long Island. And Nichols claimed that by 1967, the scientists at Brookhaven realized they'd stumbled onto an even more exciting discovery. The men who'd been on board the Eldridge were susceptible to mind control. When the teleporting technology activated, it created a reality where time did not exist, something a human mind was unable to process. The bizarre situation broke the crewmen who experienced it, destroying their ability to think for themselves. This discovery had clear military applications. American officers could simply flip a switch and an enemy would surrender. Eager to harness this ability, 
The Brookhaven scientists allegedly conducted experiments in total secrecy at the Montauk Air Force Station. The base was already outfitted with the equipment these researchers needed, especially its unique radar antenna. It was powerful enough to broadcast on the frequency that could open the portal and alter the human mind. This was the beginning of the Montauk Project. According to conspiracy theorists, Congress refused the outlandish proposal for the Montauk Project, so its funding had to come from private sources. Nichols thought much of it came from a train filled with Nazi gold that American forces seized during World War II. He claimed the haul was worth $10 billion. But it seems that even the $10 billion figure wouldn't cover all of Montauk's expenses. Nichols suggested the rest of the budget came from the infamous Krupp family dynasty, a major weapon supplier for the Nazis. At any rate, the Montauk project allegedly received the funding it needed, and Nichols began working there in 1973, two years after he joined BJM. His official work there is unclear. While his own book says he was an assistant project director, we don't know exactly what this entails. Based on his account, Nichols seemed to have been a high-level engineer creating the technology that made the experiments possible. It was a convenient claim. He said he was directly involved in some of the project's amazing achievements and yet blameless for the atrocities that occurred. If he was an engineer, he was only following orders. Nichols argued that Duncan Cameron also played a pivotal role. His innate psychic abilities allowed him to withstand intense electromagnetic frequencies. Though Nichols says Cameron's body was eventually damaged by the sessions. Cameron would sit on what they called the Montauk chair inside a shielded room. Above him, the radar generated gigawatts of electricity, enough to power hundreds of thousands of homes. It crackled through an array of coils into the metal chair. The researchers wanted to see what would happen if Cameron was electrocuted with different frequencies. According to Nichols, certain combinations could make a person cry, feel agitated, and even fall asleep. And the experiments had some unintended consequences. Wild animals were at the mercy of the radar's powerful frequencies. According to legend, deer would crash through windows in downtown Montauk. Nichols maintained that this happened because of the Montauk experiments. And soon, the scientists set their sights on another impossible task, reading human thoughts. This may sound far-fetched, but we know for a fact that the military explored telepathy with other programs. Take, for example, Project Stargate, a declassified U.S. Army operation that investigated so-called psychic intelligence for military use. Allegedly, Stargate did have some successes, but we also know that some Stargate researchers falsified reports to make the program look more effective than it was. So maybe Project Stargate was a failure, or maybe the researchers just needed different equipment and a new location to keep experimenting. The Montauk Project could have been a continuation of their research. 
In any case, in his book, Nichols claimed the radar transmitter succeeded in reading Cameron's thoughts. He'd picture an object, say an apple, and sure enough, an apple would appear on the computer monitor. Then, Nichols claims things got weirder. Using the power of the transmitter, Cameron began conjuring objects out of thin air. Sometimes these so-called thought forms were solid and sometimes holographic. Cameron would imagine an everyday object like a baseball, then a real baseball or an insubstantial image of a baseball would materialize in front of him, at least according to Nichols. He claimed the scientists pushed Cameron further and further, honing his psychic senses to bend the rules of space and time. Nichols said that in 1980, the scientists made their greatest leap yet. Using a gigantic new antenna and two transmitters, Cameron could concentrate on a particular point in time. Then, a spiral-like wormhole would erupt from the antenna, allowing for time travel. According to Nichols, this portal looked similar to science fiction-style renditions of a vortex. And he says the Montauk research team had specific reasons to explore time travel. Nichols also claims in his book that on August 12, 1983, Dr. John von Neumann, a Hungarian mathematician who Nichols believed secretly worked on the original Philadelphia experiment, created a portal to access the USS Eldridge on the day it disappeared in 1943. Apparently, von Neumann knew that the ship's generators, the equipment responsible for sending it through hyperspace, had mysteriously broken during the experiment. Nichols believed that the Eldridge had returned to its original time and location after the equipment stopped working. It is important to note that there's no evidence that von Neumann worked on these experiments and the mathematician died of cancer in 1957. Yet, according to Nichols, this death was fate and Nichols was able to meet the disguised von Neumann and ask him questions. Based on this, Nichols offered several explanations for why von Neumann believed destroying the onboard equipment would have sent the ship home. These include something called zero time, planetary biorhythms, and the witness effect. None of it makes much sense. Even so, Nichols claimed von Neumann had a problem. The crew of the Eldridge wouldn't think to damage their own generators. Someone had to deliver instructions 40 years in the past. Von Neumann's solution? Time travel. At his recommendation, the scientists at Montauk supposedly opened a portal to the 1943 crew of the Eldridge. A past version of Cameron and his brother, Al Balek, flew from the portal onto the cold concrete floor, still wet with salt water. Von Neumann rushed them out of sight and gave them their mission. Return to the Eldridge and shut the generator off by any means possible. Cameron and Balik followed his orders. They returned to the ship and cut every generator and transmitter cable. Within seconds, the Eldridge teleported to the Philadelphia Naval Yard. The endeavor was a success, but it didn't sit right with Nichols. 
He and a few colleagues realized the time travel experiments had gone too far, so they decided to put an end to the project for good. They strapped Cameron into the chair and whispered a simple phrase into his ear. The time is now. Using his spontaneous creation technology, Cameron unleashed a monster from his subconscious. Nichols described the monster as hairy and nasty, about 10 feet tall. It tore through the base, destroying everything in sight. While the monster distracted the researchers, Nichols destroyed the base's equipment. He saved the transmitter for last, expecting the beast to vanish without the machine's energy. But even though he turned off the transmitter, the power somehow kept churning and the monster kept killing. Finally, Nichols grabbed an acetylene torch and crept into the power station. He cut all the wires he could find. The equipment chugged to a halt. According to Nichols, you can still see the torch marks next to where he made his cuts. Instantly, the beast faded into the ether. The portal closed, and that was the end of the Montauk project. At least according to Nichols. The time travel, the mind reading, and the horrifying monster all feel like something out of a movie. But he still has a few fans who accept his theories. But the most disturbing allegations aren't about what the Montauk Project discovered, but the sickening ways they did it. Supposedly, the scientists kidnapped, tortured, and even murdered innocent children. Coming up, an alleged Montauk boy tells his harrowing story. Now, back to the story. Preston Nichols, author of Montauk Experiments in Time, claimed the Montauk Air Force Base conducted far-fetched scientific experiments throughout the 1970s until 1983. Using a radar transmitter and an array of psychics, they even discovered time travel. As outlandish as this might sound, Nichols isn't alone in his allegations. Other people have come forward to verify his claims. One of these is Stuart Swerdlow. In his book, Montauk, The Alien Connection, Swerdlow laid out his own traumatic story. In the early 1970s, when Nichols said the Montauk project began, a young Swerdlow began experiencing strange visions after he went to bed each night. He'd wake up strapped to a table, naked, paralyzed, unable to speak. The rooms he found himself in were dark, grimy, and surrounded by rock walls. Water puddled on the floors. This lines up with Nichols' account that the Montauk Project was conducted mostly underground in secretive tunnels and dark bunkers. As an adult, Swerdlow believed Montauk researchers had been kidnapping children in order to develop a global mind control program. Their main weapon was an army of highly trained, brainwashed civilians they could activate at the drop of a hat. Supposedly, the scientists abducted children from nearby towns, breaking down their wills and destroying their minds. 
That way, they could be programmed to do whatever the U.S. government wanted when the time came. These children were stripped naked, beaten, and tortured. Their heads were submerged in buckets of water. They were prodded with sharp instruments and electrocuted with painful shock devices. Swerdlow wasn't the only Long Islander to recall the horrifying experiences in the depths of Montauk. A man using the alias, James Bruce, said researchers forced him to ingest LSD in what is now known as the Acid House on the Montauk Air Force Base. Bruce believed the drugs made his mind more susceptible to programming. Swerdlow also mentioned how scientists used the bodies and minds of subjects like battery packs to literally power their mind-bending time travel experiments. He would sit close to the psychic in the Montauk chair, usually Duncan Cameron. Then, using computers, Swerdlow and Cameron would link telepathically and energetically. As the experiments commenced, Cameron drained Swerdlow of his energy. It was the only way he'd have enough power to open portals to other dimensions. And while Swerdlow was a skilled power source, he said other children didn't fare so well. Many of them died from torture, insanity, or sheer exhaustion. It's hard to take Swerdlow's claims at face value. There's no hard evidence to back up his allegations, and it seems like he only started remembering his time at Montauk after Nichols suggested he could have been one of the subjects. So it's possible that Swerdlow simply adopted Nichols' story and put his own troubling spin on it. Still, there are too many coincidences for us to write off his accounts entirely. After Nichols released his first book in 1991, a never-ending trickle of men and women came forward with their own disturbing memories about Montauk. One even claimed to have been kept in chicken wire cages. Curious explorers have since infiltrated the highly guarded Montauk Air Force Base. They claim they've discovered hints to back up Swerdlow's account. One report came from lifelong Long Islander Christopher Garitano. When he was eight years old in 1983, Garitano found strange objects in the sand during a family trip to the state park. He describes them as large iron globes with spikes sticking out of them. Before he could ask his father what they were, someone dressed in a military uniform appeared, seemingly out of nowhere. The stranger told Garitano's family that they couldn't go any further. This puzzled Garitano. Why would a decommissioned base have such a strict military presence? And what were those otherworldly objects? The situation sparked a lifelong fascination, and Garitano has been making trips to investigate Montauk for over 10 years. On one visit, he noticed manhole covers throughout the area, which seems to back up the legend that the Montauk experiments took place in a network of underground tunnels. On another trip, Garitano and a team of geophysicists used electrical resistivity imaging, essentially an MRI for the ground, to literally peer into the earth. What they found was astonishing. 20 feet underground, 
laid a concrete reinforced structure about 30 feet in diameter. Another report came from Brian Minnick, who lived nearby. Minnick says he and his friends regularly visited the desolate Montauk Air Force Base between 1993 and 1995, while he was a teenager. The teens were mostly having fun, but one thing separates their account from others. Video evidence. Armed with a VHS camera, Minnick and his buddies snuck onto the base through crumbled concrete. Even though the official blueprints for the Montauk Air Force Base show nothing underground, Minnick's video evidence clearly suggested otherwise. They made their way through dingy basements, dark bunkers, and a vast underground system. Down in the recesses, Minnick and his friends saw a mysterious padlock door, sealed like a bank vault. It seemed like one of the rooms that Nichols mentioned in his book. Unfortunately, the teens weren't able to access most of the underground areas. The rooms were flooded with dark, murky rainwater, polluted with floating debris. Surprisingly, the footage also confirmed the existence of the Acid House, where scientists allegedly gave LSD to their subjects. It's a small building with walls covered in colorful, psychedelic shapes. These designs weren't graffiti. The paint job was too neat and the ceiling had been precisely taped off. Last but not least, Minnick found receipts. They showed that $80,000 worth of food had been purchased per month during the late 1980s. This was well after the base was decommissioned in 1981. In Minnick's footage, several clips ended with him and his friends being chased off the base. But this wasn't ordinary park security or even the police. Rather, the video seemed to show government-issue black SUVs. Again, if this was just an abandoned base with nothing to hide, then why would heavy government security patrol it nearly 15 years later. And how far would they go to keep their secrets hidden? In our next episode, we'll discuss conspiracy theory number one, that the Montauk Project used alien technology from the Orion constellation and even visited Mars. This extraterrestrial knowledge made their mind control and time travel experiments possible. Conspiracy theory number two, the LSD experiments at Montauk were a direct continuation of MKUltra, a top secret CIA project that administered mind-altering drugs to non-consenting subjects. It was officially halted in 1973, the same year that the Montauk project's experiments allegedly began. Conspiracy theory number three, the Montauk boys weren't just test subjects, but a government-created army of brainwashed sleeper cells. They were behind everything from the Oklahoma City bombing to Columbine. There's still no official statement about why Montauk's secrets are so carefully guarded by the U.S. government. And the only reasonable explanation may be the hardest to accept.
tuning in to Conspiracy Theories. We'll be back with part two of the Montauk Project. For more information on the Montauk Project, we found the Montauk Project Experiments in Time by Preston Nichols, helpful to our research. You can find all episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other podcast originals free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite podcast originals like Conspiracy Theories for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Conspiracy Theories on Spotify, just open the app and type Conspiracy Theories in the search bar. Until then, remember, the truth isn't always the best story. And the official story isn't always the truth. Conspiracy Theories was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Conspiracy Theories was written by Ben Caro, with writing assistance by Ali Wicker, and stars Molly Brandenburg and Carter Roy. Remember to follow incredible feats for mind-reeling stories of strength, focus, and achievement. Comedian and podcaster Dan Cummins hosts, bringing his signature humor to these extreme accounts. You might be glad you've never lived these stories, but you'll love hearing them. Follow Incredible Feats free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.